welcome to the Animal Rescue Podcast, which you've always wanted to know but didn't know who to ask. We will be talking with different people throughout the animal rescue world, finding answers to the questions you've been wondering. All right, Mo, thank you very, very much for joining me on the Animal Rescue Podcast. You're welcome. I am really excited to talk to you. I know you work with uh, John from Humble Canine, right? Yeah, I, I actually, I used to. Um, oh. For personal reasons, I don't, work, I don't work there anymore, but I used yeah. to work there and I, I loved it. Yeah, it was, yes. it was awesome. Amazing. So I, I started seeing some of your stuff on his post and so I started following you and just really, I love what you do with the dogs, like the way you interact with them. Um, I just really love the energy that you bring to training. So I really wanted to talk with you about, so first, how did you get started in training? I got started, uh, you know, um, since a really impressionable age, I've been interested in, in interacting with animals and speaking their language. But the transitioning point was because I was a wag walker, I was doing all the rover stuff. I was doing okay. like all of this that, you know, just to, just to get in on the scene and I was doing a really good job of it. And I got most of my clients into the table and it was okay. But then when COVID hit, um, things started going south for me and I really needed an out. And at the time I had a best friend um, who was interested in helping me. And so she said, you know, the, cause she had worked for Humble Canine. So she's actually the head trainer. Her name's Eleanor. Great. Oh, what she yeah. does as well. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and she got me in on that scene with him and he actually really quickly became like an awesome teacher, father figure for me. And I, I was learning from him on the daily. I was picking up all the hours that I could. I wanted to help him out. I yeah. wanted to make his life easier. It was, it was like a, a transitional experience for me. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was huge. Um, I, I learned a lot just from him, just from being around him and, and watching him interact with the animals, but he would also be very intentional about it. Like, look, watch what I do here, you know? And I was like, okay, this, this is a teacher, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, very soon after I, I began to, cause I never labeled myself as a trainer. I didn't really, I didn't care much for that label. Um, yeah. But uh, you know, one thing led to another. And, and one day he looks at me and he's like, you know, you are a dog trainer. Um, and because I had uh, intentions of just being like the videographer and like doing the creative aspect of it. Yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, I'm good at that too. I can, I can yeah. do, but it turns out I'm multifaceted, <laughs> 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 which is dope. <laughs> right. Because a lot of people, a lot of people and a lot of dogs can benefit from that. So yes, for um, sure. yeah, that is, I think right now for, for the time being a really strong calling of mine. And, but I'm, I'm not super attached to, to the label of a trainer, um, but I yeah. am interested in the work and um, the weight of it. So, but yeah. yes. Okay. Does that answer your question? I'm sorry. Did you? Yes. Was there? No, that totally <laughs> okay. answers it. That's good. That's good. <laughs> oh, good. 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 So I really, I love watching the videos that you post of you working with different dogs. Like, how do you create a connection with each of the dogs. Is it clear to bring back Loki? Mm. Um, it super depends on the dog because it's not always, uh, you know, it's actually, it's never the same. 
it's never the same. No two dogs are the same. So if you have a, if you're dealing with a really shut down dog or a really defensive dog, you know, you just kind of have to stay in the seat of inquiry and receptivity and, and decide, okay, what, what is the smallest, most impactive yet like connection oriented move that I can do right now. And you just figure that out on the daily and you cultivate that. So that, that's not, uh, you know, there's no, um, like one formula there is no um you you know you gotta have a game plan to a certain extent like it's good to have that kind of structure and apply it you know but it, but um yeah there's there's just no one way to get it done every single one is like an intricate a really it's a really intricate process <laughs> yeah you have, to, so, you have to you have to tune in so what are things that people can do to help create a better connection with their animals? Uh, what are things that people can do to help create a better connection with animals? Okay, stop being so goal-oriented. That, that's, that's my uh -huh. number one, um, because goal, it's good in the human world to be really goal-oriented yeah. because you, 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 can, you can find drive in that um, mm -hmm. and get all what you want done and need done like, you know, done. <laughs> yeah. But in the dog, in the dog world, they're 1000% in the moment. So they're just okay. meeting you right there, like where you're at in the present moment. And, okay. uh, and if you have a goal, sometimes there's a little bit of that, that applies a little bit of unnecessary pressure. There's a little bit of tension oh. there. And some dogs don't do well with pressure and tension. And um, you just kind of have to um, notice just if you can still make your mind still enough to notice what feels good to both you and the dog, that's fertile grounds for a relationship. You know I what I mean? It. Yeah. Yeah, but you, you, have to, you have to be open enough and still enough to tune in and be like, okay, what do, what, what, what do you need from me? And, and for some dogs, motion is more comfortable. For some dogs, it's like, okay, I'm more comfortable if you're doing something in the same way that like they, um, some people learn better with an earphone in, like listen to music, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Like it's just background yeah. noise and it feels more comfortable and you just know, and just notice every, every dog is different. So, so whatever their first focus on making them feel safe and advocated for, if they don't feel like you're in their corner, you're not gonna get anything done. So- How do you make a dog feel safe? You make, you, you recognize when there's a little bit of discomfort and you make eye contact and you say, is this, what do you, what do you need from me right now? Energetically, you know, and whether that's distance from another dog, or maybe we need to reset when you go back in the house and start the leash process over again. So there's less excitement and whatever it is that they need from you, you, you need to at least show them that you're invested in figuring that out. Uh, sorry if you hear stuff in the background. Chapel's playing with it. <laughs> oh, no, you're good. <laughs> he's playing with a ball and uh, it's attached to a rope and he's just going nuts. His whole wiener's out. It's awesome. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it's, it's the purely authentic trainer animal podcast. I mean, no, this is perfect. <laughs> yeah. And and I I notice what makes him happy. I'm not going to interfere with that. I'm not going to, I'm not. Yeah. I, yeah, but if I need him to simmer down a little bit, which I don't right now, but if I needed him to simmer down a little bit, he has leash on him. So, right, the first rule is to always be in control. If you need mm -hmm. him to drop something, you apply upward pressure until he drops it and then release it. And then look him in his eyes and say, thank you. Or unless, uh, you know, you should always say thank you to your dog, by the way, always. If they yeah. do something that, that, that you like, if they're doing something in your favor, if they're advocating for you in some way by not jumping on your on your guests, just look mm -hmm. at them, you know, like it, it can be an energetic thank you. It doesn't have to be a verbal, it's all energy for them. So yeah. uh, 
and uh, I forgot where I was going with this. <laughs> but um, so but yeah, if your dog feels understood and safe, then you you have so much fertile grounds for a really great re and a versatile relationship. Yeah. How do you get yourself energetically in the right space to be healthy enough for your dog? I guess I I don't know. Mm, how else okay, to, to say that's it. a really good question. Um, no, it's a, it's good. Um, I think that a lot of the time we think the dog like if we fix the dog, it's going to make us feel good. But the, actually, it's yeah. quite the contrary. If we if we the better that we feel, and the more we make time to decompress and take care of ourselves, the better we are for our, our dogs. So if um you know and there's some unnecessary pressure there as well like how do i be better for you you know what i mean like would you want a partner that thinks that all the time i mean yes okay yes you want to <laughs> you want you you want someone that's that's interested in, in getting better and being healthier for you right but yeah. for 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 dogs they don't necessarily have and hold that expectation that's just like a human thing we need to be careful about what we project onto our dogs if we have expectations of ourselves we need to be careful not to project that onto them because there are some emotions uh hu in the human world that dogs will see in their doggy eyes and their doggy vision <whistles> sorry hang on a second i don't know where he went hang on <laughs> He's uh, looking for the girls. He's looking for the dogs. <laughs> so, um, oh, thank you. I know I'm not going to play with you right now, but you have fun. <laughs> oh, he's just wonderful. Okay. So, uh, what was I going to say? How do you get in the right energetic space to work with your dog? If you're not in the right energetic space to work with your dog, you need to focus on the bare minimum of what it is that you can get done uh a lot of the time that's that looks like something really uninteresting and boring but is actually really impactive so you can work on a common crate you can really you don't even have to go on a full-on walk just take the leash out and watch them calm down around it have the leash what like in your hand and then go to the fridge and put it down or something you, you know what i mean like yeah notice what is is exciting notice excitement starts to spike a little bit and then just work that like a like a knot you, you gotta like massage it out you can't you can't expect it to all be fixed and don't come in with a hard correction and be like no don't get excited about this thing because they can't help it you know yeah just neutralize things and a lot of the time that's an affordable energetic exchange for a dog that is something that's um like it's it's like the budget like <laughs> training session like when when you're feeling like some type of way some some days you can go on a hike and mm -hmm. you can work on like eye contact and you can work on like all of the really um impactive and, and connective things but the little stuff that stuff matters too and yeah. uh if you don't feel good doing it your dog's gonna know your dog's gonna know they're gonna know that you don't feel good doing it they're not gonna feel good doing that either so if it doesn't feel good to you don't even go for the walk you know what i mean if it doesn't feel good yeah. to you don't don't even don't go in the car and go somewhere because they're they're gonna know that you're doing it by obligation. Would you want an awful that's like fine? Get in the car, we'll go to like a. You know what I mean? Like you have to do yeah. it all day. You know what yeah. I mean? So it's it's a it's a little bit um it's rooted it's rooted in our receptivity, and um our willingness to connect a lot of the time is mighty. It's enough. So uh, 
and they'll pick up on that. We just need to kind of slow down. And um, and when there's stillness, there there is clarity. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Now, when you say, I mean, you use the example of, um, you know, just pulling the leash out and going to the fridge and then setting it down and seeing what they do. Yeah. Is that more in yeah. the sense of just kind of desensitizing the image of the leash? Yes. Or, okay. The image or the smell of it or the association, just generally the association with a leash is so exciting for a dog. And people see a dog get zoomies and jump on the couch and, and, and run around and think that, oh, they're happy. No, they're, they're, mm -hmm. they're not happy. They're just excited. Happy yeah. is the human association. We project onto our dogs much more. And I'm guilty of it too. I yeah. always project onto my dogs. Yeah, <laughs> but but excited is not the same thing as happy. You know yeah. what I mean? And uh, mm -hmm. excitement is the same thing when you get the lunging and the barking on the walk. It's the same thing that is causing zoomies when you start. So, yeah. um, and you know, that that kind of energy can be dealt with across the board if you just start with the really minuscule things, the easy things. Don't mm -hmm. get to the hard thing and be like, oh, well, shit, and then get mad at your dog. You know right? what I mean? It's not your dog's yeah. fault. Your dog doesn't need to be fixed. It just, you, yeah. we just need a little bit more clear communication and I'm going to learn how to speak your language because I care about you, you know, yeah. and that that's the kind of approach that we should really be taking with our dogs. We start from a psychological standpoint, all you start from the psychological standpoint, all the obedience stuff gets so easy. You'd be, you'd be so shocked how easy it is when you have a, when you have a solid connection with your dog that way rooted in something that is psychologically sound. Yeah. Um, so like, I know, so my dogs they can be reactive on walks when they see other dogs. Um, hmm. One of them in particular is very reactive to dogs on TV. So <laughs> using that leash um, example, mm -hmm. working on his TV reactivity help with his walk mm. reactivity? Yeah, most definitely. That's all connected. Um, we got to figure out because he can't even smell the dogs and the TV. We got to figure right. out why he's not in his nose because that's the calm engagement. Why are you all in your eyes right now? I need you to calm down. Okay, so we'll, let's let's start with um, sounds. So when you're making breakfast, have a really good association. He smells eggs and bacon, right? Mm -hmm. And then just at a very low level play the sound of dogs in the background. I'm sure you could find like nine hours of just like dogs shuffling yeah. around and barking on YouTube, right? Um, yeah. And just have that playing at a low level when he's ready, turn it up a few notches, but you gotta make sure that you're sensitive to the thresholds. What is, how much can he handle right now? And can mm -hmm. I turn it up a few notches or not? If not, we're gonna sit there, as, we're gonna settle in this threshold, in this little area until you're ready to move on, mm -hmm. you know? But you gotta stay sensitive and receptive. Um, yeah, because every dog is different. He's not going to learn the same way your other dog does, you know? Right. Um, so this is more of like a desensitization type of... Absolutely. Or, or positive yeah. association because dogs work yeah, you so can much with their nose first. Yes, they should work with okay. their nose first. If they're not okay. in their nose, then there's a problem. You need to make a little more space. If they're not using their nose and they're all in their eyes, okay, that's too much for them. You need to move away a little bit. Okay. Yeah. And, and oh, also so like how you're talking about sensitization, that is one step, but if you want to create a positive association, sure. Feed him some of that egg while he's listening. You know what I mean? Like oh, you, yeah. that, that's like one step further and then act mm -hmm. like nothing happened. Don't sit there and stare at him and be like, good job. You know, you want to be neutral mm -hmm. as neutral as possible because posit too much positivity, too much positive reinforcement can also equal excitement. 
So right. let's keep him at a manageable level, that level that we want him on at walks. Let's get that more of that as much yeah. as we can. You, you get me? Yeah. So Sorry, you're just, frozen. Um, there you can are. you hear me? Okay. <laughs> yeah, I can hear you. Yeah, you're good. So, so just as far as long as I'm maintaining a calm presence with, you know, a, a visual auditory stimulation, but mm -hmm. having that smell and that taste be a positive connection to it and just keeping everything yes. calm. Yeah. But that neutrality that you're accessing, yeah. <clears throat> you should be able to access that in the real world. Don't look at your dog like they're going to do something wrong. Don't look at them yeah. like you're waiting for something bad to happen. That is a recipe for disaster. A lot of the time people don't realize that that kind of energy feeding into that dog is the concoction that causes the combustion. We, yeah. we, don't, we don't need to be constantly expecting our dog. Imagine if, people, if parents treated their kids that way. Of course, the, yeah. what's the kid going to do? You know? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so so let's, let's let, you know, I understand legally, I understand their property, but they are living beings. They have so right. much, like, you know, like a lot of it is energetic work. So, mm -hmm. um, and, and they have so much to offer in abundance in exchange for the work that we will put in for them. But a lot of it comes down to how, how much can I meet? How can I see you eye to eye? Like, yeah. how can I get your mind to be still and settle and be peaceful? I want you to be at peace. How can I do that for you? How can I advocate for you? You know, mm -hmm. um, and the more, the more work you put into that, you'll find a lot, your walks will get a lot easier, but you need a solid foundation of trust and a lot, a lot of the time structure, maybe more than what's comfortable <coughs> at first. Um, yeah. And yeah. Now on walks, I know that dogs need to be checking in with you. So the dog needs to be making eye contact with you periodically. What's more important though, them checking in with you or them walking next to you? Cause you know, my dogs, they'll walk loosely on the leash, but they'll still be yeah. a little bit ahead of me. They may or may not check in, but they're not pulling. They're not trying to rush ahead or get to the next smell. Right, right. What's the most important thing? Or, um, I would say I would want my dog to check in with me rather than walk perfectly. But okay. um, that's just that's just me. Um, if your dog's not checking in with you, you need to create a little bit more distance and um, and stillness if you can. You know what I mean? Yeah. What do you mean by distance? It yeah, so you create distance. If you're not, if your dog's not paying attention to you or able to check in with you like that, the first time that you ask, and there's too much stimulation, then then there's then you're too close. Physically. Yeah. Or um, yeah. Just so, just hot and cold, right? Goldilocks. You want to figure out what, where is it that you can still check in with me? We'll work there. Okay, so making like the dog can be wherever he needs to be as long as he keeps checking in. Yeah. Well, he doesn't, don't expect him to check in all the time. Sometimes you have to ask for it, but okay. if they see something that is exciting or stimulating and they don't look at you first, if they don't look at you first and be like, what do I do about that thing? Then you're too yeah. close. Uh, or to if the they, thing. if they immediately, yeah, they immediately go okay. forward to the thing. Yeah. They don't look at you first, then, you know, that, and that's plenty of work. You can do that from your driveway. Oh yeah. So yeah. Yeah. I do 
walks just in front of my house, just up and down mm -hmm. the street. And I cross the street and do zigzags. I'm sure my neighbors all think that I'm nuts, but mm -hmm. there are definitely pieces yeah. that I've been missing. So I will be adding those to the next walk. <laughs> yeah, and there's no rule book anywhere that says you have to walk yeah. in one linear. Yeah, so mm -hmm. that that's something that that you should really took away and when you feel like people might think a certain way about you. You know, it doesn't first off, it doesn't matter what they think. No. As a bully advocate, you know, you need to not give a fuck what anyone right. thinks. Pardon my language, but that that no, is you're... actually like the the key to legitimate for me. It's been the key mm -hmm. to my advocacy. I have um just with that mentality, I've I've gained the trust of a lot of dogs because they can feel yeah. it. Right. They're like, oh, you're you're in my corner, like you know, mm -hmm. um, you saw you noticed when I felt uncomfortable about that thing. You you led me away as it's as a stable pack leader. You led me away from it, and then we worked from there. That's that's actually something that your dog notices. Yeah. Well, and you know, to use. And a similar analogy, like if, would you want to be around someone who isn't comfortable with, you know, maybe you're being weird or maybe you're doing this or doing that. Like you don't want to be around someone who is worried about what other people think. You want to be around people who don't care and just focus on having fun and being free and being themselves. Because that's not really who you want around because they don't know how to advocate for real. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah, your dog, you are your dog's ride or die. So the way that I look at it is if you, if you, and it's all connected, if you don't advocate for your friends, for the people that you genuinely care about, um, there's no way I'm going to trust that you advocate for your dog. So, uh, you know, that's small circle shit. That's, that's, yeah. uh, that, that might even be irrelevant, but, but in my, in my head, it's all connected. Absolutely. And we should Absolutely. keep it clear across the board because you know how easy it is to con to confuse a dog. It's it's way too easy. We have all these human complications, and I find that when I keep my I find when I when I keep my core values consistent with my dog training, I have a lot more success. Yeah. So. So yeah, if there's any kind of discomfort, um, if I see any kind of discomfort, I'm not going to be like, no, yeah, it's cool if you touch him. You know what I mean? I'm going to be like, no, please take some space because he's yeah. clearly uncomfortable. He needs to be left alone. So that kind of advocacy is what your dog sees that and appreciates that. Um, if, if you're not advocating for them and letting them get violated and, th and they go into fawn mode or something, you know, that that is something that requires work to counter condition. And I'm not interested in that. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I have absolutely made that mistake. Um, you know, people always talk about, you need to socialize your dog. You need to expose them to these different experiences. And sure, but, sure. but no one ever really talks about what socialization is. And so mm. I thought, well, I got to make sure that my dogs are meeting people and people are petting them and they're comfortable. Mm -hmm. They can, they just let people touch them and do whatever they want. And so yeah, I was, until they go into fight dogs, mode. well, I was putting my dog <laughs> in these situations that was, I mean, it was scaring them so much. And I just thought, okay, maybe we just need to desensitize them or push them through this. But mm, right, I now right. realize like, that's not the point of socialization. And so, yes, we are absolutely in that having to go back to square one and just completely yeah. start over with what social yeah. means and what 
what that relationship between me and my dogs means. It is me and each of my dogs. Yes, and the, each and dog no two needs are the something same. different, right? Yeah, it's a comfort yeah. space. They, mm-hmm. It needs to be, it needs to be cultivated from a place of trust. If right. there's no trust and there's only force, then you mm-hmm. you won't have anything sustainable. Right. And I yeah. definitely learned that one the hard way. <laughs> That's okay. Sometimes you have to learn some, you know, right. some things I have learned the hard way as well. Yeah. <laughs> so, and as long as you're learning and you're making the changes necessary, that's the most right. important thing. So 1000%. And a lot of the time, if you can't energetically afford the change that you have, even you observe a change and you're like, oh shit, that's a big shift that needs to happen. You can make mm-hmm. incremental changes along the way I promise you sometimes that's even more impactful one fiber at a time you know Mm -hmm. you can make a really solid structure that way so uh and there's no wrong and right way to do it like how you said it's a relationship every my relationship with my healer is not the same as my relationship with my little mutt you know what I mean it's all very different and they all need their their separate time together and I'm I'm constantly reading I'm like okay what 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 are you emitting right now versus what what do you need okay you're hungry you're not I'm not gonna feed you at the same time because I'm on autopilot I don't I don't do that I I tune into them I'm, I'm looking at their stool I'm doing all the things that you know the little stuff that matters yeah um and they notice mm-hmm. they'll notice and you'll notice a difference when they notice so yeah. the primary foundation should be connection you're right boundaries structure and but a lot of connection <laughs> yeah you know like would you want if you had like a really like would you hmm, if you were like in a dating process you know um and and you had maybe someone that you were kind of interested at first but then they were really negligent they were checking out all your friends and they were that you know what I mean like you want to make sure that from across the room you can get the eye contact and be like you good Mm -hmm. (laughs) do I trust you you know like are are we are we still connected but and that's the same shit you should be looking for with your dog obviously not on a romantic level because that's kind of weird but you should definitely be (laughs) checking checking in in a way that's like okay how how can we make sure that everything is copacetic you and me like we're we're fine no matter what it is if it's another dog across the street if it's a stranger with a hat on you're gonna look at me Mm -hmm. be like okay leader what what do we do from here you know Mm -hmm. I don't need you to move forward and make a job for yourself that's not what I need out of my job I mean sorry that's not what I need out of my dog Mm-hmm. I didn't get a dog for them to I didn't get a rescue for them to start creating jobs for themselves stressing themselves out that's not necessary I yeah. want to have a peaceful relationship with you and I just want to go on a zen ass walk like is that too much yes. to ask you know <laughs> yes. yeah and that's a, and you don't want to have to worry about corrections the whole time you don't have to worry about whether or not all these external factors they are going to become smaller the more you cultivate your connection with your dog and it needs to be immediate what okay like yeah. that how how soon can you get that eye contact start in your driveway you know okay. yeah start in really yeah. small places stay still go to a starbucks whatever if you need to take the edge off go for a bike ride and then and then do place at a starbucks or something you know what i mean yeah um like if you have a working breed like a, a german shepherd yeah. or a red healer or something a border yeah. collie do you absolutely need to take that edge off like do something that just burns energy play fetch like jolly ball mm-hmm. flirt pole bike ride anything that you can to take the edge off and then focus on what matters like here I gave you what you needed soon like you'll notice after a long period of time they're going to need that stuff less and less because the way that they burn their energy is through working 
with you. But sometimes at first, at the forefront, especially with rescues and stuff like that, they just have a bunch of pent up stuff. They need to get it out. So, mm -hmm. um, and as soon as, but when they do get that out, they're a lot more malleable. The information like settles in a lot nicer, you know? Um, yeah. But the more consistent you are with that, like, like I've had some dogs, they, they'll go for like a 30 minute bike ride. Maybe a month later, they, they only need 15 minutes and they're like, okay, actually I'm ready to work. Like, what do we do now? You know? Um, yeah. And and it all it all really just depends just just gauged energy how much of this excess do i need to cut off right now how much do we need to burn you know um until yeah. you listen to me so uh so yeah does that answer your question it does, it does. <laughs> good i didn't even go through the list of questions i was like yeah send me the i'm definitely gonna get a journal out and write them all down yeah i didn't do any of that i didn't do any of that i had so much just come up out of nowhere so yeah um but I'm I feel like this is going well what, what about you yes yes I definitely <laughs> oh, do. good I I love the information and it's it's always it's just nice to talk things through and talk about things and especially you never yeah. know what someone listening will be able to take from it or if they hear something and it makes them think of something else and make them go oh hey you know what this thing is happening so no this is really good I love it um there was a video that I saw that you posted and you were using something that looked like a cat toy with uh, one of the dogs that you're working with. Like okay. it, it's like a long, like a, like that stick and the feather thing. Um, I, do you have your video on? Do you have my video on? Can you see my video? No, your video is not on. Okay. Uh, well, let me try to describe it to you then. Like a pole with a yeah. string on it. And then there's yes. like something like two flaps and a squeaky toy in there. That's called a flirt pole. It's by Squishy okay. Face. Um, yeah, you can look up and Squishy Face Studio. Okay. So I'll, what, I'll send it to you right now. Yeah. What is that good for? What is, what does that work um, in a it dog? Channels a um, so a lot of the time... Uh, when I feel the need to use it, it's because there's a little bit of excess prey drive that mm -hmm. they just need to expel. Uh, and the same thing I do for the jolly ball. Like for some dogs, it's a it's really prey oriented. Um, mm -hmm. That extra edge just to burn it off before they're even receptive at all. And for some yeah. dogs, it's just a bike ride. But if you try to take the prey driven dog on a bike ride and they're going after rabbits and other dogs the whole time, you know what I mean? Like they just need that. They just need to expel different different things and we need to get creative about that in a way that's that's harmless so mm -hmm. um so that's what the flirt pole is for and the jolly ball um you know and generally toys tug uh we have some trainers here that do bite work um it mm. really helps out it takes the edge off um yeah. in the same way that i will let my dogs chase and chase and chase and chase and never kill you know they're, mm -hmm. they're always asking for permission or for it like putting a lizard out of its misery they're like can oh I my goodness like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah and uh but you know it, it, it kind of take it takes that edge off so that it's not so because because they are predators there yeah. is something uh there that it's just it's just gonna be there and I would say yes you can work through it a lot of the time you you can work through it to the point where it's manageable and you can have it under mm -hmm. control but um 
it's just always going to be there. They're predators. They're not prey. Like pre- prey is goats, prey is hor- horses, you know, um, mm-hmm. but they're predators. So that they, some dogs have a higher prey drive than other dogs. And my, yeah. my personally, I have a dog that has really high prey drive and I, I will get her, um, I'll let her off and not kill things, but she will, she'll go into a little hunting mode. Um, mm-hmm. And then when, and I'll get her like a really nice big raw bone and a raw steak like you know when we get home so that she can feel the victory of having hunted um Mm -hmm. and and for that reason i believe this is my just my personal opinion she's a lot more balanced in socials she doesn't go after the little dogs she she doesn't you know she she Mm -hmm. might she is very balanced in social settings because i satiate her needs in extracurricular extracurricular ways um it's important to do that it needs to it needs to come out somehow Mother dog, uh, she doesn't have a whole lot of prey drive, so uh, she likes a lot of interaction and massages, and you know she she just kind of yeah. likes to. She's a working breed, which is ironic, but she likes to chase that is funny. and then just relax. And yeah, yeah. Um, but you know her first owner was like the biggest owner I ever met in my entire life, and he probably was just like training her to chill without even knowing it, <laughs> you know. Yeah. So. Um, and I love him for it. And but she's like a working breed, just do dog. She just and it, she just does. She she does what she knows, which is chill. So, uh, but yeah. Uh, so where can people go to find? Yeah. Oh, different barn hunts. You can. Oh. You can. Uh, they have like rats. They put in these little canisters that are perforated so they don't die. But you can the dog hunts the animal they place them in different places the dog hunts and it gets it gets it out and also for like border collies and and, um you know and i have a healer and this was recommended to me i haven't done it yet but this is recommended to me you can take them somewhere and they can herd sheep they can they can do all the things that they that uh satiate their primal instincts so that you don't have like a whole lot of pent-up energy that turns into different things like dog reactivity or you know like they're they're there are anxious things that she will do if I go too long without, like she'll chew holes in the blankets and stuff. If I go too long without expelling that, there, th- she just needs an outlet, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and my other dog needs an outlet for hunting. And it's all about just like getting your mind to be quiet and just notice these things. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh man, like you, you need something right now. Let me do a little bit of research. Let me figure out what that is because I care about you, you know? Yeah. Um, and it's not about, I'm not going to force you into this perfect image of what I feel like a dog should be because I'm, I'm more interested in being receptive to what it is that you need specifically. That's just yeah. the mentality that we should be approaching our dogs with. Where can um, people find more information on like different ideas and tips and tricks to satiate those needs? Like finding those flirt poles or- ideas and, Yeah. Tips and tricks to what? To, to satiate um, their needs for prey drive or for herding or whatever their specific needs are. Like, are there certain- um, We'll get connected with, uh, you know, I'm pretty sure if you, if you called, wherever you board at or do daycare at like they should have information on local businesses that do like barn hunts and, and stuff like that um dog diving is another one that satiates can you say that um, last one one more time you want to you want to yeah dock diving is is a good one that satiates uh, also prey drive but then they can also swim 
<laughs> like for Catahoula yeah. Mountains and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, sorry, chop next to me. Um, <laughs> yeah, I would say go to your local daycare. You bring your where, wherever you bring your dog and ask them what's local here. How can how can I? How can Um, and that puppy socials and stuff like that. Okay. You just have to, you have to dig a little. Yeah. Gonna be local to wherever it is. Talk to people, figure thing. <laughs> kind of. Yeah. Step out of your shell a little bit. <laughs> Ask questions. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They'll know. They'll know. Your local, your your local doggy places will know what's around here. What can I do for my dog? They know. Mm -hmm. They do it for their own dogs, probably. Yeah, that's a good point. All right. So, where can people find you or learn more about? What else you got for me? And the work? Where can people go to learn more about you uh, and the work that you do? go to my Instagram and if you uh if you're interested in you know training go to mail info 9.com um and we'll set up you're starting to cut out again Let me know when you can hear me again. Let me know when you can hear Chapo's panting again. <laughs> okay, you're good now. So can you hear me now? Back, yeah, start back with where people can learn more about you. All right, good. So I really only like to be accessed through Instagram personally. Um, if I see the preview of the message and it's interesting to me, then, then I'll, uh, more often than not, I will respond. But if it's not um you know relevant then i won't probably <laughs> i'm just keeping it real but <laughs> yeah. uh, if you want to reach out for a consult or training or stuff like that you should email info at the royal canine.com and my actual night predecessors will set you up with a consult um first before any of the training and all that stuff all that good stuff i'm around i'll be around I'm here okay. primarily now. This is the only place that I work now. So okay, perfect. All right, awesome. All right. And you do you do like virtual sessions and stuff like that? Mm, yeah. Uh, depending on the it depends on the case. I okay. Um, yeah, on the side sometimes I do I do FaceTime for a hundred. Um. Yeah. So okay. We'll do that. We'll just leave okay. it at that. Yeah, yeah that works. <laughs> yeah. All right. Awesome. Well, I'm still figuring you. it out, yo. I'm green. I'm still. I'm yeah. still super new to all of this, so I, I apologize yeah. if I. No, no need to um, apologize. But... <laughs> Lately, thank you. Lately, I've not been. Um, I have a foster son right now. I like to spend a lot of time with him. I don't go out yeah. for single sessions. I, I like to channel all of my energy into my dogs or, um, you know, this facility here. Yeah. I work at, so. Yeah. Um, 
So no personal sessions, but I will do FaceTime for a hundred. So, so, okay. So yeah. That, and, and we'll leave it at that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. All right. Awesome. Thank you awesome. so much, Mo. Great. <laughs> You're so welcome. Hit me up anytime you reach me on Instagram. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Animal Rescue Podcast. If you like what you hear, please rate, review, and subscribe and tell your friends. Thank you.